Welcome back. As you can see, we're going with the format we went with in the fourth one. Seemed to be a much better quality. And uh, see, I've got it so you can see the whole Baby Yoda, or Groku, I think is his proper name. And the whole flag over here. Didn't light the candle this time. That was... Uh, next time, next time. All right, well, hope everybody's uh, doing well. We'll pick up right where we left off with chapter 20, The Way. Oh, by the way, this is part five of uh, me reading the Dhammapada. Um, part one is here, so better to start there rather than starting here. All right, it's up to you. <clears throat> The Way Among paths, the Eightfold Path is supreme. Among truths, the Four Noble Truths are supreme. Among virtues, detachment is supreme. Among human beings, the All-Seeing One, Buddha in parentheses, is supreme. This is the way. There is no other that leads to the purifying of awareness. Follow this way and confound Mara, the temper, in parentheses. Follow this way and you will end your sufferings. I showed you this way after I pulled my flesh free from the arrows of suffering. You must make the effort yourself. The Tathagatas can only show you the way. The contemplative ones who follow the way are freed from the bondage of Mara. All created things impermanent. The wise one who realizes this ends his sufferings. This is the way to purity. All created things bring grief and pain. The wise one who realizes this ends his sufferings. This is the way to purity. All forms of being are unreal. The wise one who realizes this ends his sufferings. This is the way to purity. He who does not rouse himself when it is time to rise, who, though young and strong, is full of sloth, whose will is weak and who is indecisive, such a man will never find the way to knowledge. Watchful of speech, self-controlled in mind, free from the sins of the body, he who follows these three paths of action with purity will, re will realize the way taught by the wise. Through awareness, knowledge is gained. Through lack of awareness, knowledge is lost. Let a man who recognizes these two paths of gain and loss conduct himself so that his knowledge may grow. 
cut down the entire forest of desires, in parentheses, not just a tree. Fear stems from the forest. Having cut down the forest and its undergrowth, then, O bhikshus, you will be free. As long as the love of man towards women, even the smallest, is not destroyed like the forest of desire, till then his mind will remain in bondage, just as a suckling calf is attached to its mother. Sounds hot. Pluck out all attachment to self with your own hand, just as you would pluck out an autumn lotus. Some point in history. Cultivate the way to peace as taught by Buddha. Here I shall dwell in the rain, here in the winter, here in the summer. Thus the fool meditates, not realizing the danger of his death. Just as a flood carries off a sleeping village, so does death come and carry off the man who remains tied to his children and flocks, his mind distracted. There is no help from sons, or a father, or even relations for one whom death has seized. The wise man who realizes this should, with self-control and discipline, quickly clear the way that leads to nirvana. Chapter 21, miscellaneous. Again, I want to learn the Pali word that they're translating as miscellaneous. If by foregoing a small pleasure, worldly, parentheses, one attains a great bliss, nirvana, just for the people who are needed, uh, you know, uh, Never mind. Let he who is wise forego the smallest pleasure and realize the great. Let's read that without the parentheses, just so we can kind of catch the flow. We kind of know what they're saying. So like with the trees and the forest, they were like the forest of desire. Like just so there's no confusion. We're not telling you to burn down a forest. Okay. If by foregoing a small pleasure, one attains a great bliss. Let he who is wise forego the small pleasure and realize the great. Makes sense. We don't need the parentheses. He who seeks his happiness by causing pain to others is entangled in the bonds of hatred. Have you seen Fifty Shades? And will never be free from hatred. What ought to be done is neglected. What ought not to be done is done. The desires of such arrogant and ignorant people are forever increasing. But they whose, pra they whose practice self-control, that's a, but they whose, W-H-O-S-E, practice self-control over their body, who do not follow what ought not to be done, and who steadfastly pursue what ought to be done, comma, the desires of such aware and wise people will come to an end. 
Having slain his mother, first I'll read it without the parentheses. This will be fun. Having slain his mother and father, having killed the two warrior kings, having destroyed the realm and its subjects, a true Brahmin walks away blameless. What? So if you're of that caste, then you can kill your mother and your father and, and lay waste to the village. And eh, you're a Brahmin, right? Okay, now I'll read it with the parentheses. So sometimes we can see how the parentheses are helpful. Having slain his mother, desire, and father, pride, having killed the two warrior kings, eternalism and nihilism, having destroyed the realm, worldly things, and its subjects, attachment, a true Brahmin walks away blameless. I don't know. Some of these metaphors are just kind of interesting. <laughs> having soiled contemplation, the underwear, your aura, you know, it's like, what? <laughs> okay, <laughs> I'll just keep reading. Um, he who seeks his happiness by causing pain, we've already done that. Uh, we're on the next page now. Okay, sorry. Having slain his mother and father, we're back to this again. Having killed the two warrior kings, we remember them. He destroys the tiger. He's just killing everybody. He's killing his family. He's killing warrior kings. Now he's killing tigers. The tiger of five. Huh? Is it like a tiger with five heads? Or it's just the tiger that represents the essence of five? Well, lucky for us, we've got the parentheses. Desire, hate, ignorance, worry, and doubt. Oh, so you kill the tiger of five, which, as we all know, is desire, hate, ignorance, worry, and doubt. All right, I'm with you. We're, we're here. And a true Brahmin walks away blameless. You know, he killed a tiger. You know, Shiva sits on one carpet. Never mind. Horrible, horrible things. Uh, the disciples of Gotama, that's the Buddha, for those who are still on page three, uh, who day and night contemplate the teachings of Buddha forever, arise, awake and aware. Okay. The disciples of Gautama, who day and night contemplate the teachings of Dhamma, or sacred law, in parentheses, good that on page uh, 98 of the Dhammapada, they finally put in parentheses what Dhamma means. So... Okay, we're here. The disciples of Gotama who day and night, oh, uh, just to finish that, they, they contemplate the teachings of Dhamma or sacred law forever, arise awake and aware. The disciples of Gotama who day and night contemplate the teachings of the Sangha, that's the order of the noble ones or the community of Buddhists, forever arise awake and aware. <clears throat> I think it was like a higher bar back when this was written. Like later, Sangha means like, you know, the people who are trying their best and then they show up at the temple and they all meditate together. 
it's the Buddhist Sangha, it's the community. But I think back then it was like the order of the perfect beings, like like reading, uh, you know, the New Testament or talking about the early church and how people get spat out if they're lukewarm and you're not supposed to have relations with your aunt and you know all the so so many rules but yet so few you're allowed to eat shellfish all of a sudden okay the disciples of gautama who okay we've we're here the disciples of gautama who day and night are in control of their body forever arise awake and aware the disciples of gautama who day and night delight in nonviolence forever arise awake and aware the disciples of gautama who day and night delight in meditation forever arise awake and aware it is hard to become a monk it is hard to find joy in the practice of becoming a monk also hard and sorrowful is the household life it is hard to live among others Suffering befalls he who wanders in this world. Hence, be not a wanderer and end your suffering by, by becoming a monk, I think is what he's saying. He who is faithful and virtuous, who is well reputed and wealthy, such a man is respected wherever he goes. Oh, thank you. No. Like the mighty Himalayas, or as we say back in California, the Himalayas, you know them, right? It's, uh, it's where the, the Ganges comes out of, the Himalayas, right? I I've been living in India for a few years, so I, I know that it's the Ganga that comes from the Himalaya. So, yeah. Potato, potato, um, or alu in this case. Okay, the, uh, the good shine and can be seen from afar, but like arrows shot in the night, the evil cannot be seen even if they are near. He who sits in solitude, who sleeps in solitude, who walks in solitude, who subdues his self in solitude, will find bliss in the solitude of the forest. Let's do one more. Looks like they're getting on to a lighter topic. <clears throat> Chapter 22, Hell. He who utters untruths goes to hell, as does he who denies his evil deeds. Both are equal after death. They will share the same suffering in the next world. Many who wear the yellow gown Again, it's sort of off-white and maroon, so he's not talking about me here. Um, are evil and unrest... Oh, wait, wait, wait. Let me start over that sentence. Many who wear the... Many, many who wear the yellow gown are evil and unrestrained. Okay. By their own evil deeds will these sinful men go to hell. Okay, I can accept that. It would be better to swallow a burning iron ball flaming like fire than for a sinful and unrestrained monk to swallow the alms of honest people. Okay, okay. 
A careless man who covets his neighbor's wife gains four things, dispute, loss of sleep, condemnation, and rebirth in hell. Oh, poor King David. I always thought dispute received. Oh, excuse me. Disrepute received. Hmm. That's an interesting combination of words. Disrepute. Disrepute received. Disrepute received. Period. That's the sentence. A suffering rebirth acquired. Oh, it's sort of poetic. I, I see. I see. Okay. Brief is the pleasure of the fearful man and woman, and the king imposes heavy punishment. We're talking about the demiurge here? What? Therefore, let no man covet his neighbor's wife. Okay, he just took a minute to get along, around to that, especially with my little sidebars and footnotes and comments. Stuff like that. Just as a blade of grass can cut the hand of he who grasps it incorrectly, so does the incoherent, oh, excuse me, so does the incorrect practice of asceticism lead to hell. All right? A careless good deed, a broken vow, just I know I mentioned it in the last one, but it's just sort of fun because I know a lot of people who just sort of have, like I said, the, the Cliff Notes version of Madhyamaka Buddhism in the middle period, uh, you know, <laughs> like Nagarjuna's, you know, thoughts on existence or something. Like, they're like, the thing I like about Buddhism is they don't tell you that if you sin, you're going to go to hell. And then it's like, okay, here's the foundational document of the original form of Buddhism. Don't sin, you'll go to hell. <laughs> well, you know, maybe it's true. There's always that possibility. Then again, maybe, uh, you know, there was a lot of cross-cultural influence in, uh, you know, when Alexander, and then there was the Greek period in the northwest of India, and then a lot of the Buddhism and Hindu philosophy kind of was there in the beginning of the formation of a lot of Greek philosophy, and so on and so forth, and the trade between the Roman Empire and Tamil, back and forth, 200 boats per year. People assume that they just discovered each other when the Beatles went there in the 60s, and it's just a not the case. All right. A careless good deed, a broken vow, a wavering from the holy path, all bear no great reward. If anything is to be done, do it with steadfast vigor. A careless monk only scatters the dust of his passions more widely. An evil deed is better left undone, as it leads to remorse. Unless you're a psychopath, then you have no remorse. Lucky bastards. A good deed is better done, for having done it, one has no remorse. What? Let's try that again. Oh yeah, a good deed is better, better done, for having done it, one has no remorse. Like a well-guarded frontier city, I think Murphy's Law came after the Dhammapada, with defenses within and without, so let a man guard himself. Not a moment should escape, for they who allow the right moment to pass suffer deeply 
when they are in hell. Those who are ashamed of that they ought not be ashamed of, and those who are unashamed of that they ought to be ashamed of, such men embrace false doctrines and suffer an evil state. Those who fear that which they ought not fear, and those who fear that which they who, who fear not that which they ought to fear, such men embrace false doctrines and suffer an evil state. Those who see wickedness where there is none, and those who see no wickedness where there is much wickedness, such men embrace false doctrines and suffer an evil state. Those who see evil as evil, and those who see good as good, such men embrace the true doctrine and enter the blissful state. One more? All right. Seems like that was a little short. Chapter 23. The Elephant. It's better than hell, right? The world is ill-natured, but silently shall I endure abuse. Just as the elephant endures the arrows shot from the bow in battle. Oh, that's where the elephant fits into all this. Up with the path in the sky. A tamed elephant is led into the crowd. The king mounts a tamed elephant. The best man, the best among men, is he who is tamed, who silently endures abuse. Let the king ride on you, I guess. Tamed mules are good, as are the tamed thoroughbred horses from Sindh and the noble tusked elephants. But he who tames himself is better still. Ah, I was going somewhere. I <laughs> didn't see that coming, but it was good. It's a tame rules are good. For it is not on these animals that one can travel down the untrodden path. Only he can you hear the dun 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 dun. That's Anjana. It's uh. Saturday night in Anjana. What time is it? It's currently 1.15. A little earlier than I was recording before, but on Saturday night, the dun-dun-dun goes until like 8 a.m. the next morning, so... But it's okay. It's distant enough. Where was I? It is not on these channels. Only he who has completely tamed himself can reach that destination. Nirvana. The mighty elephant Danapalaka. You remember in episode one, I apologized in advance for the terrible pronunciation of any Sanskrit that comes up. That's where this comes in. Sorry. Uh, the mighty elephant Danapalaka is out of control when in a rut. He refuses all morsels when bound. He yearns for the elephant forest. I yearn for the elephant forest. That's not part of this. I just said that. The foolish one 
who is lazy and gluttonous, who is forever sleepy and wallows like an overfed pig, suffers rebirth again and again. <laughs> Lord Buddha, with all respect, fat shaming isn't really popular anymore. Sorry. This mind of mine would earlier wander about as it wished, where it fancied, as it pleased. But now with wisdom I shall control it, just as the rider controls the wild elephant with his hook. Take delight in your awareness. Yeah. That's, that's a standalone line right there. You can just take that line. That's the whole book. All right. Uh, take delight in your awareness. Protect your mind carefully. Don't do drugs. Not the ones that permanently... Just as an elephant draws itself out of a swamp. Yeah, you can get out of that swamp. You can. It's patience. Patience. We're all in one swamp or another, not alone. Draw yourself out of all evil ways. That's good advice. That'll help. If you find a prudent and wise companion to walk with you, walk joyfully and mindfully with him, overcoming all perils. If you can find no prudent and wise companion to walk with you, walk alone. Like the king who abandons his conquered country, or the elephant that roams the forest alone. It is better to live alone. There is no companionship with a fool. Live alone. Commit no sins and lead a carefree life like a lone elephant in the forest. Pleasant it is to have friends when one is in need. Pleasant it is. I know where this is going. I've already read this much of the book. Pleasant isn't what we're after, is it? Pleasant it is to be content with what one has. Pleasant it is to have done good deeds. Oh, I, I misread where it was going. Again, it keeps happening. So in this case, pleasant is good. Pleasant is good. Pleasure is problematic, let's say, because of the attachment and the suffering. Sorry. Also, sorry I keep looking over here. I know you're over here. I'm looking at someone next to you. <clears throat> I'll just start over. Pleasant it is to have friends when one is in need. Pleasant it is to be content with what one has. Pleasant it is to have done good deeds when life nears its end. Pleasant it is to put an end to all suffering. Giving respect to one's mother brings joy. Giving respect to one's father brings joy. Giving respect to the monks brings joy. Giving respect to the holy ones brings joy. Striving for virtue till the end of one's life is good. Holding faith steadfastly is good. 
Gaining wisdom is good. Avoiding evil is good. Okay, we'll close with that. I hope you enjoyed it, and I apologize for my frivolousness. Hopefully nobody's too shocked. We're getting close to the end. I think the next, I think part six is going to be the last part of Dhammapada, and then we can move on. Um, the next book after Dhammapada on the shelf is this poly, uh, this very heady sort of scholastic book about the poly scriptures in general from the point of view of like analyzing oh this happened this and this there's some debate about that and is it really this or what year was that I don't know if that would be interesting for me to read or if it would kind of like lead away from anything that would make this worthwhile so I'm thinking of skipping that one and moving into uh I, I think the Lotus Sutra is um, up next. Uh, they, there's an Abhidhamma book, but they, sequentially it, it, it was compiled later, from what I understand. So Mahayana got going, but then the, the old Theravada and Abhidhamma um, also kept going. And so, you know, there were two schools. Um, so this this is pre-Mahayana. Mahayana didn't exist when this was written, but this is considered sacred in Mahayana as well as Vajrayana. So each of these, it's, it's sort of like, I guess if you had to, you could draw an analogy with uh, Tanakh, Bible, and then like Book of Mormon plus the Bible. I know, okay, that's a weird example, but I'll explain. So you have what in Christianity they call the Old Testament and the New Testament. So the Old Testament could, in this example, though it's not a very good example, not a perfect example, the Old Testament would be this. One of the reasons why it's not a good example is the Old Testament's very thick and the New is very thin. Where in this case, the Old is very thin and the New is very thick because the New is Mahayana, and that includes a whole lot of scriptures, including scriptures written... Uh, you know, outside of India, some of which they would like try to forge a Sanskrit version and like crumple it up and like burn the edges and stain it with tea to make it seem like there was an original Sanskrit version when it was actually written in the eighteenth in the in the eighth century by uh, a Chinese monk. Things like that, um, as if it mattered all that much. If one's channeling wisdom, then it's worth us taking a look at. But people often thought in terms of lineage and um, authenticity as far as that kind of thing. Putting There's some confusion later on too with the name Nagarjuna because there's more than one Nagarjuna and then there's people who sort of sign using the name Nagarjuna and then which is which. And again, I don't know if we're going to really get into all that. Um, that's in one of those heady books. It's one of, you know, where it analyzes it. What do you think? I mean, if you're if you're listening to me say this, uh, let me know in the comments. Do you just want sutras, or do you want some of the the scholarly stuff? Where you know, I mean, if it's taking me five episodes to go through this, it might take me fifteen or twenty episodes to get through one of these uh, thick books that's got a lot of Sanskrit I can't pronounce, and a lot of dates and a lot of references. Let me know what you think uh, about that. Should I skip those? 
Okay, this one's running on a little longer than the other ones. I think that's okay. Thank you all for tuning in and, um, and blessings to you. To the north and to the south, to the east and to the west, to the spirits of light among us and to the spirits below, we send out our reverent love and compassion. May all beings be happy. May all beings be serene. May all beings be in peace. Oh. Like, subscribe, and share with your friends. Good night.